verses today for our tithes and offerings. First one is Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, and it says this one, probably familiar to a lot of us. It says, this book of the law, God was speaking to Joshua before they went over into the promised land, and he wanted Joshua not to study military plans of Jericho, not to rally the troops together with a great speech, but he says this to him, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have a good success. Notice that, the, the word of God in our mouth, something that we're meditating day and night, comes out of our mouths, in our hearts, then, he says, for then you'll have good success. Well, there's an interesting uh, one verse in Acts 10.4 talking about Cornelius. And Cornelius mentions this. This is the insight uh, from the Lord. And this is what, what he hears. So he says to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Isn't that interesting we read those things? We would think of many other things that would come up as a memorial, but your prayers, your alms, your giving comes up as a memorial before the Lord. And as we do each and every week, I want to put up a, a prayer on the screen, but I want you to pray it individually, as if you're the only one here praying it. But let's pray this along together, and let's pray this to our Father in our giving. As I give in today's offering... I know your word is your voice into my life. I believe your promises and I stand firm today knowing that you are perfect and trustworthy. Teach me to manage all my resources according to your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you're giving today in service, there is an envelope in the seat back pocket. You can take that envelope with your offering and place it on the slot that's on the wall as you exit uh, later by the sound booth. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online. And we also have our P.O. box that you can give through that as well. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, if you have your phone, a tablet, if you have your neighbor's Bible, grab your neighbor's Bible. All right. Uh, open to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. So last Sunday, uh, Mother's Day, Michelle spoke. Um, if you didn't get a chance or wouldn't make it, go ahead and uh, not only listen on our podcast, you can go to our website, download the notes. The week prior, we looked at Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit had come upon the 120, how they began to speak in tongues. In fact, then it led to Peter going out and preaching. In fact, I would encourage you to read his message. He was pretty sharp and bold, and 3,000 accepted Jesus on that one day. But I want to look today at something that happened with Peter and John just on the way to pray, right? Peter and John. How many of you grew up in Sunday school? Anybody here grew up? Uh, Acts chapter 3 is Peter and John, silver and gold have I none. Does anybody remember that song? Silver and gold have I none. Oh my goodness. But such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He went walking in. Am I the only one? Like, all right, sheltered kid. No, right, in there. Anyways, uh, but I wanted to read this for a couple of verses before we get into this. So find your place in Acts 3. 
in Matthew 4.19. We looked at this a couple weeks ago. Jesus comes on to the, these disciples. He hasn't even called them out yet. And Jesus says this in Matthew 4.19. He says to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Well, we know there's fishermen. We know that one's a tax collector. Some of the other ones, we're not really sure what the, they, they did before. But in the New Living, it, it says this. Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. It had to be in a little bit different thinking in their time. Well, they were overwhelmed with this excitement and this mission to follow Jesus that they dropped nets. In fact, we read about James and John that they called the sons of thunder. They, they dropped their net. Their father was one fishing and he had helpers. They followed Jesus. They were on board. We know, though, that when we read through the Gospels, there's this time that they're excited. They're following Jesus. They're listening to him teach. They're witnessing miracles. He's feeding thousands and thousands of people. But it's interesting when we read John Chapter 6, verse 66, John 6, and it says this. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. What happened? Well, you can read later in Luke chapter 9, 10, 11, and 12. Jesus starts talking to them about that he's going to die. People are hating on him. And he uses that language. He says, you know what they're going to do? They're going to hate you too. And they're going to kill some of you. And they're like, we didn't sign up for that, right? I, I'm going along with, man, this has been great. But I, I, I'm not, I don't want anybody to hate me. Nobody likes that, do you? I'm so excited. I got 10 people hating on me right now. None of us like that. They hated him. And at the thought of that, they walked away. It's interesting that. They wanted to follow him as far as they could, but the minute there was some opposition, they wanted to walk away. They wanted some refund, as it was. But we know in the early church, we read this two weeks ago, Acts 2.42, there was something that took place with these new believers, and it says this, and they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. You know, we read later in Acts 4 is they would pray to be a bold group of people, bold individuals, a bold church. So they were living out this new life every single day. How many of you have a morning routine? Every All right, you know what my morning routine is? I get up, I grab two dogs, and I take them outside, and I start coffee. And then I get ready, right? Just kind of a morning. We all have morning routines. But every day they were in the word of God, listening to the word. Every day there was a fellowship. There was a breaking of bread of communion. Being with different people, they were strengthened. But I want to I bring out this one word before we get into Acts 3. And it's the word boldness. In fact, we're going to put it up on the screen here. When we look at the original language in the New Testament, we... It's out of what's Greek language. And so the language of Greek sometimes is more descriptive than when we say boldness. Because when we say boldness, all of us have different thoughts in our mind. It's interesting, a biblical definition of boldness is 
free and fearless confidence, right? Boldness. Boldness came upon them. Free and fearless confidence. Cheerful courage. See, we don't think about that as a boldness, but it was a boldness, a cheerful courage. Freedom in speaking. Unreservedness in speech. So there's a boldness that comes upon them. Now, we usually think of bold as the other way. I'll give you an example. When all the rain started back several months ago, my daughter and my son-in-law have been living with us for over a year. They have a sweet cream retriever. My two little dogs, when it rains, they don't go outside. You got to drag them out to go to the bathroom. They don't want to get wet at all. But all of a sudden, Gracie experienced wet rain, right? And mud. We have a picture of her. She was filthy from top to the head all over. She came running in the house, and you know what she wanted to do? She wanted to jump on the couch and get in the blankets and go. But there was something that came over us to say, Gracie, you get out of the house now, right? Tail between the legs, and out she goes. Because you don't want some dog like that full of mud running through your house, jumping on your couch, jumping in your bed, jumping on your clothes, doing all. Well, sometimes we think of that as boldness, that it's just like, right? We just say something and throw it out there. I love that part, it's a cheerful courage. Because the boldness isn't in a power that we have. The boldness is in the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God in our lives. That we can say things even quietly that are bold. So Peter had been bold, right, before with Jesus. He would say some things that were just out there, but it wasn't boldness that had power at all. But he would say some things later on that would be bold, because of the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. So let's pick this up in Acts chapter 3, and I'm going to be reading through verses 1 through 10. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, it says this. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, which would have been 3 p.m. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who had entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. And he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he was leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them walking leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. So, Father, we pray today as we look at these verses that Peter and John didn't have the means, but they had the most important thing. They had your name. They were not afraid to use your name, to pick him up by the right hand 
and to have that boldness to trust you. So, Father, we pray today that that boldness that we're reading about comes upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, as I was reading, I was remembering back when Michelle and I youth pastored in Artesia. Between my dad, when he was working for Disney, somebody in our church and somebody else, we were able to take 40 people to Disneyland for $20 each. So we did a sign-up at youth group, right? Junior high, high school, I think it was even some college. The first 40 that sign up and have 20 bucks, you're going to Disneyland. Let me tell you, like, people are crawling over, and it's almost like a mini riot, right? 20 bucks. You know how much Disneyland is today? It's almost a couple hundred dollars, right, just to go. So uh, when you take all these kids, right, like it's a big responsibility because you got to get them all home, right? You can't say, you know, we lost two Disney, we don't know where they are. You got to get them all home. And so you always have like the, the meeting. So we're inside Disneyland and you can tell they're all ready to go. In fact, it was the Indiana Jones ride uh, had, was fairly new and that's where everybody wanted to go. And, you, you know, you're, you know we're all going to synchronize our watches. We are meeting at this time. You're always with a buddy. Nobody dye your hair. You know, you're going through all the whole list of everything to do. Don't do the things that I did when I used to go to Disneyland, right? Forget all those stories I told you. You behave. Um, anyways, so I remember when we said, okay, you can go. Everybody left. Like, they just, like, ditch us. I'm thinking, we got you in for, like, you know, 20 bucks. Well, Michelle had to go to the restroom. Next thing I know, behind me, I hear this whizzing sound, and I turn and look, and this lady's in this wheelchair, and she is just flying. Now, this is before all the scooters right, at Disneyland, right? This is before scooters or anything. She's whizzing by, and as she goes by me, two things hit me right away. One was, I remember her being on the news. They kicked her out. She'd run over a couple kids, I think, with their ice cream and balloon. They threw her out of Disneyland, and somehow, someway, she got her pass back. The second thing is, the Lord told me in my heart to pray for her that she would be healed. I'm like... But I'm, I'm off today. I'm at Disneyland, right? <laughs> I, got, you know, what am I supposed to do? Grab Pluto and Pinocchio and let's come together. So I said, hey, like that, just like, hey. And this lady, like, she stops. She turns around. She comes back. Well, about that time, here comes Michelle. And so this lady comes over. And I said, I saw you on the news. So she's telling me a little bit of the story. She goes every day to Disneyland, right? That's what she does every day. And she did admit of running over some kid, right, whatever, and they got her back in. Uh, well, about that time, here comes like four junior hires. They see us, right? They come running over. They're like, it's an hour wait for Indiana Jones. I'm like, oh, forget that. She says, oh, I'll take you to the front of the line. She says, I get right on. Oh, we couldn't do that, right? That would be like, you know, let's go, right? So we're, we're talking on the way and we're heading to Indiana Jones if you've ever been there been on that ride and all of a sudden we see all of our youth lined up and they see me walking by yeah I'm heading to the front right you're gonna ditch me that's what's gonna happen to you you're gonna be last I'm gonna be first so as we're walking I'm telling Michelle I said I just wasn't having a conversation I I really feel like the Lord wants us to pray over her that she'll be healed so I said I don't know we'll figure out where to do this so we get to the front of the line and she pops out of the wheelchair and stands up and sets her like brace and I thought my shadow my shadow fell upon her right you can read that right that didn't happen so she gets out she gets in the Indiana Jones ride I'm scratching my head well she's sitting up front we're behind Have you ever been to a movie with somebody that's seen it 30 times and you're going for the very first time you don't know anything about it and they tell you everything that's about to happen 
She's telling us everything. The snake's going to come out here. The, that ball's going to come rolling down here. Get ready for this big turn. You want to just stay. You know, could you just shut up, right? I want to, like, enjoy this ride. Well, we get off the ride, and uh, I said, hey, the reason that I stopped you was the Lord impressed on me to stop and to pray for you. About that time, we had some more kids come around. And she began to talk about how on her heart, the Lord had already led her to some churches to be prayed for, that it really was now something that she was believing God she wouldn't be in that wheelchair forever. We prayed over her right now, right? Right by the jungle cruise. And I wish I could say that she got up, she leaped, and she praised God. But you know what I knew? I knew exactly what I needed to do. It was one of those things, sometimes I know that it was a confirmation to her, but it was something about, I knew that that day, if wherever I would be, if the Lord asked me to stop and pray for somebody, regardless of where I was, that I would do it. I remember our junior hires were like, where are we going to take her next? I'm like, oh, we're not going to do that, right? We're going to keep her with us the whole time. But, you know, when we read Acts 3, they're really on the way to a prayer meeting. They didn't sit down and they had not heard from the Lord, hey, by the way, there's a man at the gate. In fact, Acts 4 says that he was 40 years of age. That we read in the scripture every day, they, they, somebody had to carry him and to sit him down there so that he could ask for alms. So the only way that he's going to get through the day and have something to eat is if somebody gives him some type of money. You know, it's interesting because our world is like that. Everybody wants something temporary, right? Something to get me through the day, which is really all people know about and expect. And people are arriving now for a prayer and worship time, but God's about ready to move. And he's going to move through two people that this is new to them too, but they're not uh, afraid at all to use the name of Jesus. In fact, we know that they're going to be bold in doing so. And we read that verse. In fact, what's interesting is what Peter says in verse 3. Uh, in fact, when this man sees Peter and John, he fixes his eyes on him. And Peter says, look at us. So he gave him his attention, expecting to receive something. You know, that's a great place if we're in a position of expecting God to do something. Am I in a position expecting God? He was expecting. Now, he was expecting silver or gold, right? But what he received from Peter, in fact, Peter lets him know, hey, I don't have that, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter takes it to a next step as he grabs him by the hand and pulls him up. You know, my, uh, my daughter, Madison, at 16, uh, maybe she was 15 at the time when she turned 16, she tore her ACL, sophomore in high school. Had the surgery in a brace for six weeks. When they took the brace off, her left leg was noticeably smaller than her right leg. It's called atrophy, muscle atrophy. In fact, it took several months of working out and training for that leg to get back and look like the other leg. Forty years, we read, that this guy has been lame. You know, there's a, um, a guy in the um, Old Testament named Mephibosheth that was Jonathan's son that he was dropped at a young age and was lame in his feet. 
This boy was born lame. So for 40 years, no muscles or nothing are strengthening his legs. You know, and, and you and I know, well, I shouldn't say you know. As you get a little bit older, you got to work out the muscles more. Does anybody know that? They don't stay as big as they were back then. You, you've got to, in fact, even if you work and do things physically, you're supposed to work out. you got to keep the muscles strong and moving on. 40 years of no muscle movement in the lower body. And instantly, he's not just standing. He's walking and he's leaping, right? And he's praising God. You know, it's interesting is we have to expect God to use us when we're on the way, right? You're at the supermarket. You're out to eat. You're, you're in your neighborhood. Expect that at some time, someplace, that God is going to use you. Because it's interesting when we look at that boldness, all of us remember, in fact, I remember growing up, when the word they would say to you if you wouldn't do something was chicken. Anybody remember that word? You know, you're a chicken. That's fighting words, right? So you say, chicken? That's what we're having for dinner. Or, you spineless jellyfish. Right? That was another one. You chicken. But this boldness that came on them was that of the Holy Spirit. And when we read this, immediately, his feet and his ankle bones received strength. Well, let me read a couple more verses. Acts chapter 3, verse 16. Peter says these words, and here's what we need to hear today. Acts 3, 16. And in his name, talking about Jesus, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Notice Peter, I think that was part of our, our worship today of humbling ourselves, coming back to the Lord, trusting in the Lord. Peter now, I mean, you preached and you had 3,000. Now you've got a guy that's healed that's been uh, 40 years, been lame. You could take some credit for that, don't you? You know, I, I preached last week. I just wanted to let everybody know in my humble opinion. I believe they counted 301,000, you know, whatever, right? That's not a humble opinion. Peter went back and he said these exact words. It was his name. Through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. It's interesting that Jesus says this in Mark chapter 9, verse 41. We kicked off the beginning of the year talking about verses like this. Listen to Mark 9, 41. Jesus says, for whoever gives you a cup of water, a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, assuredly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. A cup of water in my name. Right? A cup of water praying over somebody in Jesus' name. I always remember that. Isn't it amazing that Jesus is the one that notices everything. And he places on our hearts people and opportunities to pray for. Let me look at a couple other verses here. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. In fact, I encourage you to download the notes. You can look at some other scriptures. And I want to read this out of the New King James Version and out of the New Living Version because when we see of that boldness, I'm not grabbing somebody and holding them down and pinning them down and putting, some, putting them in a chokehold to pray over them. Listen to what we read in scripture 
and Apostle Paul says, walk in wisdom to those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace. Oh, can anybody say, you know what? I don't think I used grace yesterday in my speech. But, oh, it wasn't just me. Come on down. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Listen to the New Living, and it says it this way. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response to everyone. That's a verse that we should all meditate on, that I have the right response. Father, we pray, give us the right response to those on the outside, that we say those right things because we're led by your spirit. Well, then we read in, in Acts chapter 4, we won't look uh, at all of the verses, but I just want to read a couple of these in Acts 4, 13 through 22. And it says, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny. You know, there's a good possibility that this man, who we really, it's not named, the only thing that's named about him is we know that he was lame, he was begging for alms, he was set at the gate beautiful. There's a good chance that Jesus walked by that gate. Jesus had crowds. Maybe Jesus never noticed him or ever saw him. But in this one instance, Peter and John, with this is really all new to them, though they've operated in this before, they stepped out and were bold to begin to pray over them. You know, um, you and I have opportunity. We're asked sometimes, too, for people to give money. Have we ever stopped and just prayed for them? That's not what they want. I guarantee it's not what he wants. But now what he received was so much more, so much more. And I like that verse. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most out of every opportunity. Bow your heads, if you would, with me today. Father, we know when we read about Peter and John, they didn't go to a Bible college or seminary. They walked away from their profession. They went through difficult times. They really wondered what they were going to do when Jesus ascends, but you filled them with your Holy Spirit, and they took this opportunity to use a simple but most powerful prayer. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. Father, I pray when we're faith, when we get a phone call, a text, or we run in face to face with somebody that we remember this exact thing. Put it on our heart to remember, just like Peter said, it's his name and faith in his name that raised this man up. All we have to do is to be bold and to use your name.
In fact, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to pray and give you that opportunity. And maybe you're coming back to him. It's a day of coming back, getting realignment. But would you make that commitment today? In fact, I want to encourage all of us to pray this prayer. Pray this with me. Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I make you the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In your name, amen. You know, I pray today, church, over all of us that we would be bold, we'd have, that we would make the most out of every opportunity, that people would come across uh, our path wherever we are. I also pray those of you that might say, hey, I needed to get my life right and get back into relationship with Jesus or even a first time that as you make that commitment, walk with him every day and allow us to pray with you at the end of our service. Well, stand with me if you would, and we're going to close with this song. remember if you need prayer please come on up if you've returned to the lord made jesus lord of your life we want to pray with you as well too remember food ministry you can help set up friday at one or help us serve our community on this uh this coming saturday 
Well, find somebody around you, bless them, right? Tell them to be bold. Don't be a chicken. No, no. And God bless you. We'll see you this week. Have a great day.